We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. The Exxon Radio Show is heard on radio broadcast affiliates worldwide, including... AM 580 CFRA in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. WPUL AM 1590 in Daytona Beach, Florida. KOHI AM 1610 in St. Helens, Oregon. KHRO AM 1150 in El Paso, Texas. And for more information on becoming a professional broadcast affiliate of the Exxon Radio Show, visit www.xzbn.net or call toll-free worldwide 1-800-610-7035. The Exxon Radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the X-Zone radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. All Hit Radio To the X Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, I'm your host and your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the Exxon. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And the Exxon comes to you Monday through Friday on the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, and Star Cable. If you'd like to give us a call, toll-free worldwide, 1-800-610-7035. That is toll-free worldwide, 1-800-610-7035. My email address is xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, xzoneradiotv at hotmail.com. 
and our website, www.exxoneradiotv.com. Don't forget, for all the latest and exciting news on the Paragators TV series, visit Paragators' website at www.paragators.org. That's www.paragators.org. And there's a few people I'd like to say hello to before we get on with our first guest. I'd like to say hello to Stephen McKinnon. He is the... Uh, CEO and President of Canada East Films in Newcastle, New Brunswick. Steve, nice having you here with the Exxon. And um, B. Scott Hughes, a television uh, director in uh, Texas. And uh, Scott, welcome to the Exxon Nation. My first guest tonight, Exxon Nation, is Mark Pitstick. He has over 35 years experience and training in hospitals, mental health centers, pastoral counseling settings, and holistic private practice. His training includes a pre-medical degree, graduate theology, pastoral counseling studies, master's in clinical psychology, and a doctorate in chiropractic health care. Now, Dr. Pitstick was certified in past life regression by Brian Weiss and after-death contact technique by our good friend Dr. Raymond Moody. Dr. Pitstick also wrote Radiant Wellness, a holistic guide for optimal body, mind, and spirit. His books have been endorsed by Dr. Wayne's, by Dr. Wayne Dreyer, Dr. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, Deepak Chopra, Bernie Siegel, Ken Ring, Alan Cohen, and many others, all who've been here on the X-Zone. He's a frequent radio and TV talk show host. He used to host his own Soul Lutions, a nationally syndicated radio show about soul issues and practical spirituality. He was also the executive producer for the Soul Proof documentary film. He leads national uh, workshops on spiritual awareness and radiant wellness. Dr. Pitstick has been a review editor and contributor to many magazines and e-zines, and he founded the Radiant Wellness Centers that utilized advanced holistic healthcare approaches. His website is www.soulproof.com. And uh, Dr. Mark Pitstick is our first guest here tonight on the Exxon. When I return, and yep, you've got it, two minutes. After all, this is a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. And I'll be with uh, Dr. Mark Pitstick when we come back from this commercial break in two minutes. 1-800-610-7035, toll-free. Email exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, exxonradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www.exxonradiotv.com. I'm Rob McConnell. We'll be back in two minutes. I was in my early 40s With a lot of life before me When a moment came that stopped me on a dime I spent most of the next days Looking at the x-rays Talking about the options And talking about the sweet time I asked him when it sank in this might really be the real end How's it hit you? 
when you get that kind of news Man, what you do? And he said I went skydiving I went Rocky Mountain climbing I went 2.7 seconds On a bull named Blue Manchu And I looked deeper And I spoke sweeter And I gave forgiveness I've been denying And he said someday I hope you get the chance To live like you were dying Dr. Mark Pittstick is our special guest this hour, ExoNation. His website is www.soulproof.com. And Dr. Mark Pittstick, welcome to the Exxon, sir. Thank you, Rob. Tell me, um, what motivated you to compile all the evidence that uh, we each really are spiritual, energetic beings who actually survive physical death? Twofold. First of all, I think it's my one of my soul's missions. I think I came into this world remembering the other side a bit. There are some different things that happened early in my life that suggest or indicate that, uh, but that really got triggered when I started working in hospitals when I was 20 years old as a respiratory therapist, being around especially little children who were dying, being abused to death, run over by trucks, and that'll shake your world, and that will uh, certainly made me look at my orthodox religious mm-hmm. upbringing and ask those serious questions. Is there a God? If so, why is there so much suffering? Is there an afterlife? What are we doing here? And so on. And so over the last 35 years, I compiled all the evidence I could find from every category, nine categories of evidence, that we are spiritual, energetic beings, although life always changes outwardly. Why are we so fixated with death, Doctor? If, if in fact, we, you know, we survive physical death, why do people fear it such? Well, first of all, most people don't know that we survive it, and, but the facts are there. Much, much evidence, including double-blind scientific studies, which most people aren't aware of. So most people don't know that dying is safe, just another phase of life, just a transition into a next stage. So it's understandably scary. We, you know, any big change, even a big vacation coming mm-hmm. up is a change uh, to go through death. Also, the, the feeling that we may not see our loved ones again. Traditional religions, and I don't name any in detail, but haven't really done a good job as a whole. Lots of people are under the misconception mm-hmm. that they have to save their soul or they can lose their soul or uh, their soul will burn forever and ever, which is just not so. Um, you said there, there was a double-blind test that was done that actually proves the survival of physical death. Can you tell us more about that? Sure. This is Gary Schwartz, Ph.D., Yale and Harvard University professor. Dr. Schwartz's credentials are impeccable. Hundreds of scientific papers presented at at seminars, books, impeccable professional professional credentials. Mm -hmm. So Dr. Schwartz went to the University of Arizona to do research and assembled who he thought were five authentic psychic mediums, people who had demonstrated uh, ability to communicate with departed loved ones. Um, George Anderson was one, James Van Prague, John Edward, and I forget the other two. Dr. Schwartz set up his study with an entire team. He had um, magicians who looked for sleight of hand. He had skeptical scientists who looked for any flaw in the study, any flaw in the setup. It was totally double-blind in that 
the the sitters, the that is the psychics, were in a separate room from the subjects. Uh, the subjects were brought in after the, the sitters were in the room, so the sitters had no idea whether they were male or female, young or old, etc. So they also had a control group of people who had no psychic abilities whatsoever. And then the reading started. These are cold readings. Now the psychics, the group he had, had an 87% success rate or hit rate, accurate information. The control group had 23%, about what you would expect from guessing. Mm -hmm. The statistical analysis of that difference between 87 and 23% is one in one trillion probability that's ha that that's happening by chance, randomly. Now, in most scientific studies, a one in 1,000 um, statistical probability is considered valid. This is one in one trillion. And he's gone on to do other studies like that and has described these in his book, The Afterlife Experiments. This should be on the front page of every newspaper because there it is a double-blind, peer-reviewed, journaled study showing that there has to be an afterlife and because we have people who can communicate with them and bring in accurate information that the, the uh, psychic could never know. You know, you mentioned John Edwards. Wasn't he debunked as, as a fraud? No. No, Not sir? John Edwards. John Edwards from Crossing Over? Well... You know, first of all, debunked by who? Uh, he was, he was, Andy. well, <laughs> no, it wasn't James say, Randi, it was by ABC News. Dr. Schwartz's studies show that he is one of the best. Well, that's Dr. So, Schwartz, but what about the fact that he was actually caught um, fixing his own TV show with information that he received from producers who had done the uh, the pre-show interviews? I'd be interested in seeing that, that research. Um <clears throat> that report. I've not seen it. I keep my eyes open mm -hmm. for everything like that. Uh, but the the research exists. All right. Let, let's let's just get on to the next uh, subject because uh, we've only got a certain amount of time here. Is it is it possible that the psychics who gave the reading in this blind, double blind test were actually using remote viewing and it wasn't part of a psychic ability or the ability to communicate beyond the grave? That's a good question, and that certainly was considered by Dr. Schwartz. And so what um, refutes that possibility is that the psychics in some situations were able to know information that the subject didn't even know. The subject said, no, that's not true. But when they went back later and checked it out, they found that it was true. So um, the afterlife experiments. It spells out. He covered every possible angle on it. Well, let me ask you. Let me ask you this then, sir. Was that experiment repeated by anyone else? And I've uh, been so busy with other things, I don't mm -hmm. know if that has or not. I know Dr. Schwartz has done follow-up studies himself. Whether someone else has replicated that, I don't know. Because you see, in a, in a true scientific experiment, the experiment can be repeated by other members of the scientific community giving the same results. So therefore, if no one else has actually done the experiment and come up with the same results as Dr. Schwartz did, how can anyone give it any credibility? Well, uh, first of all, if you, read, if you read the book, you'll see the research, and I hope that someone else does do it. It's mm -hmm. not cheap to do research. I, I know that, someone sir. someone else is funded 
and, and does a repeat studies. And by the way, keep in mind that that information is just one out of literally hundreds and hundreds of pockets of information that collectively point to the uh, existence of afterlife. All right. Why, why do people need to communicate with the, those who have departed then if, if, in fact, we do come back and if, in fact, it has been scientifically proven? Why do people need to go to mediums and spiritualists to get the information? Why can't they get it themselves? First of all, not everyone is a good receiver. Uh, the information that we have is that, uh, for example, right now you and I are speaking on the same wavelength. Mm -hmm. We have the electronic setup so that we can hear each other. But I can't hear a dog whistle, nor could I hear uh, other subsonic sounds right. that are in my listening. Okay, so likewise with people here on Earth and people who are in spirit or in energy dimensions, mm -hmm. however you want to tr uh, term it. So they need to be able to communicate with each other. Part of it is the energy. A lot of people on Earth have hectic, frantic, uh, fearful energy, and so they can't uh, communicate with those who are in more harmonious realms. Having said that, uh, we certainly encourage people to attempt it, to uh, realize that since their departed loved ones is only gone in body, that they can continue a relationship, but it's different from hearing that voice outwardly, usually. All right. Then how do we explain that there are people who study or investigate the paranormal who, who get these EVP readings that everyone can hear on their, on their machines if everyone cannot receive these, these, these messages because of the difference in frequency? Well, I can't explain that. Okay. Uh, you know, obviously there are many benefits of really knowing if there is life after death. What is one of the biggest benefits, in your opinion? Well, the biggest for me is letting go of the fear. Uh, fear of all kinds of things. Fear of dying. Fear of not seeing loved ones again. Mm -hmm. Fear of failing. Uh, you know, if we realize that this life is just one page in the never-ending book, mm -hmm. then it eases up some pressure. So, for example, do we say a little child is failing when he or she falls down while learning to walk? Likewise, human beings, we make mistakes, we learn by trial and error, and so it gives us a broader view of life, helps us realize that the life is safe, it's purposeful, and then we're uh, able do to... Dr. Pitstick, I, I have to interrupt here. We just received a, a message from our newsroom here at the Exxon. Uh, this is a, this is from CNN News headquarters. General Stanley McChrystal has been relieved of of command in the wake of his controversial comments, and once again, uh, General Stanley McChrystal has been relieved of command in the wake of his controversial uh, comments. This coming from the CNN newsroom and the Exxon Broadcast Network. All right, please stand by. Dr. Pitstick, you and I have to take our commercial break with the news at the bottom of the hour. We will be back shortly. 1-800-610-7035, worldwide toll-free. My email address is exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, exxonradiotv at hotmail.com. And our... 
uh, website, www.exxonradiotv.com, and uh, we've just received information that it is General Petraeus who is going to succeed General McChrystal. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. You're listening to the X-Zone Radio Show, live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network, X-Zone Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, and Star Cable. Our toll-free telephone number worldwide is 1-800-610-7035. Our email address, xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, xzoneradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www dot xzoneradiotv.com everyone dr david i'm sorry dr mark pitstick is our special guest his website is www.soulproof.com um before the break i asked you a, a question like we were talking about how come certain people can communicate and others can't and then i asked you a question about the evps and if this is a if if it is only certain people who can hear certain frequencies then how come other people who cannot communicate with spirit directly, do not get information from spirit directly, can hear spirit on an EVP. Yeah, after a moment to think about that, I remembered that non-physical beings are able to impact electronic devices very well. Uh, When we were uh, filming our documentary, Soul Proof, we had a two-camera set, three uh, technicians, everything's going. Uh, We were... Uh, interviewing a woman whose son had died who was making after-death contacts. Mm-hmm. When the woman left the stage, everything shut down electronically. They're checking the fuse box, the plugs. Everything should have been working, but about 10 different electronic instruments weren't. We had a um, uh, spiritualist minister there who was getting ready to be a guest. She said, do you mind if I come in and check? She was able to detect that this previous guest, this woman's son, was there, he wasn't done yet, and he wanted his mom to know without a doubt that he was there on the set. She said, okay, great, I'll tell her. Now could you please quit messing the electronics up? Immediately everything came back on, and our our team still talks about today. It totally blew their mind. They have no explanation for it. So with EVP, electronic voice projection, the the electronics are able to capture the, the communication, the energy from the departed loved ones. And then whether people can or cannot pick up those communications on their own with their own limited brain receiver, mm-hmm. they can hear what's been recorded on 
via tape. Okay, can you give me uh, a a probable number of spirits that are on this planet at any given time? Would it be in the thousands? Would, would it be in the tens of thousands? Would it be in the hundreds of thousands? Would it be in the millions? Would it be in the billions? Yeah, that's something that uh, I, I've not heard anyone venture a guess on that because it certainly would be a guess. Okay, and, varies, uh, and I'll tell you why. from time to time. I, I'll tell you why I'm asking. Because if... In fact, this spirit did have the ability to cause all the electronic failures. And, you know, I've worked on television shows over the last 20 years where we get mediums who have said, yes, the spirit is here. And I've never had a, an, an electronic malfunction. So th this boggles my mind when I hear this from other people. But if these, if these other spirits or if there are spirits around all the time, how come the power failures aren't noticed except when the media is around? Well, first of all, that wouldn't be their intent, usually. In this case, the, the guy who died was named Rob. Mm -hmm. His intent was to let his mom know. But most spirit beings are not malevolent or capricious, so they're not doing this on purpose. I they see. wouldn't want to do that. But, you know, why wouldn't this spirit, who could so easily communicate with a medium, not communicate with his own mother directly? He was trying, and in fact, he had gotten through a number of ways. That's why she was in the film, because he had come through with a number of amazing after-death contacts. For example, they always had a big Ohio State-Michigan game party. Mm -hmm. And the first year after he departed, they still had the party, but without him, of course. And the TV in the next room was turned off. Now, the mother swore that she had on early that morning uh -huh. a cooking show. And the people were in the kitchen, the game's an hour or so away. All of a sudden, the TV came on loudly by itself, tuned to the football game and a number of other things like that. So that was his way of communicating. All right. Now, when it comes to the mother's testimony and when she was giving the evidence, was it substantiated by any other witnesses? Or was she the only person uh, at this time that was heard saying that this with the TV did actually happen? There were a number of other people there, and that's what's called a shared ADC. And there are numerous cases like this where more than one person at a time mm -hmm. experienced the ADC, which lends some uh, extra credibility to it. Likewise with evidential ADCs, where some sort of information or evidence comes forward that the person did not know about. All right. Well, what other types of evidence did you see yourself while doing this film that was caught on camera? Nothing, uh, nothing else besides that. Well, that's not true. The, um, the crew also said that the batteries in the microphone, the wireless mic mm -hmm. um, units, would typically last about two days. Mm -hmm. And while interviewing these guests who who had uh, loved ones who had passed on, or people who had had near-death experiences. We had people that had miracles, all the different categories. Mm -hmm. The batteries were running out every, about every guest, about every 30 minutes is all the longer they lasted. Uh, also, during the filming, now keep in mind our, our crew was just a professional crew, and in the beginning they really had not much interest in this topic and certainly not much belief in mm -hmm. the credibility of all this. Um, one of them... While he he just went to 
asleep at night. He felt something uh, tickling his feet. Another felt steps or heard steps in his bedroom. And so near the end of the project, these guys said, look, we need to wrap this up. You know, this is getting crazy. We're seeing things. We're hearing things. And, uh, but how, how, much of, how much of that could actually be um, mind over matter or the power of suggestion? In this case, these are very credible individuals. We knew after working with them for a year, they, they wouldn't make it up. But if it is, again, there's lots of solid documented mm-hmm. evidence, for example, in near-death experiences. That So any, if any one of these categories or any one piece of information has some weaknesses in it, for example, okay, what was their imagination? Yeah. Well, there's plenty more. Such as? Well, near-death experiences. I'm sure you're familiar with the tens of thousands of documented cases where people, while they're clinically dead, mm-hmm. their eyes are closed, their heart, lungs, or right. brain have quit functioning. <clears throat> they're being resuscitated, and I used to resuscitate people a lot in hospitals. They, their consciousness, their awareness, soul, whatever you want to call it, hovers above the ceiling, watches for a while, gets bored, sometimes sees things on top of the light fixtures above where they're being worked on. Then their consciousness moves away, looking outside the hospital, sometimes above the hospital. Then when they're successfully resuscitated, they're able to tell the doctors and the nurses, the first people they're seeing when they wake up, detailed events that happened during the resuscitation, like uh, one woman telling a doctor, oh, yeah, I saw you drop your pen and it rolled up by the window and you had to go over and pick it up. Mm-hmm. I wish you know that her, her heart has quit beating, she's quit breathing and her eyes are closed. But much more often, people seeing things outside the hospital, a car wreck that happens outside, what color cars, who's going in what direction, people seeing odd items like tennis shoes on top of the hospital by a air duct, so many so that these are collectively called tennis shoe stories. Uh, did you say that you used to assist in the resuscitation of, of, uh, of people who had been clinically dead? Yes, I was a respiratory therapist for six years. Wow. I've worked, I worked in emergency rooms, intensive care units. So I've been in cardiopulmonary resuscitation settings hundreds and hundreds of times. What do you say to skeptics? Well, this very information, first of all, that people are aware of it, because I understand it, uh, and, and we welcome open-minded skepticism. It's mm-hmm. good to be skeptical, because there's a lot of BS out there. Sure and there's a lot of people with ulterior motives. But I just encourage people to look at the evidence themselves and then make their own decision. But first of all, realize the vast and varied amount of evidence that exists. You know, there... Um Why then, if, if this is actually so, that these spirits come back, do they come back or are these spirits just in a different dimension? Are they just in a, in a, in a parallel universe? So where do they come and go from? Are we speaking of spirits who are visiting during these after-death well, contacts? Well, if, if somebody, let's take this young, uh, this young man, Rob, who was trying to communicate with his mother. You know, what ha- where does Rob go when he's not trying to communicate with his mother? Well, first of all, when that question is asked, we run into the, the problem with time and space because those are only absolutely real, 
Mm-hmm. Um, rather, those are only relatively real and, and from a human perspective. And that's part of what quantum physics and Einstein's research and so on are trying to tell us that, for example, there's really no such thing as time. That's a human construct. It's helpful for knowing what time we're staring this interview. But eternity, forever, infinity, no beginning, no end. And same way with space. Uh, so it's all right here is the best description of it. It's all happening right here now. It's just that Rob was able to check in for a while, make his contact, allow us to tell this story, and then on back to uh, whatever he's doing in his dimension. What would have happened during the 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 filming of of your uh, of your documentary if Rob didn't show up? First of all, Rob wasn't needed for the film. What we were doing is interviewing his mother, okay. and she was telling the various after-death contact stories that she had had. So that's that's what we were banking oh, on. Oh, okay, got it. This, uh, this electronic shutdown is just a side note. What about the biblical and theological implications of life after death, near death, or even reincarnation? Yeah. It's totally against what the majority of established religions and religious philosophies talk about. Actually, if uh, one looks at what's called the uh, perennial philosophy or the common threads among the great religions, it's all there. And if one looks at the history, that's one reason I attended Mm -hmm. theology school, to find out for myself the answer to some of these questions and problems. And the facts are that the details of the Bible, let's say, for example has been changed over time. It's just a historical fact through translations, through different interpretations from the original Aramaic to the Greek to the Hebrew and English and so on. The language bridges aren't always accurate. Oftentimes the Aramaic original meanings had five or ten different meanings. And so just one was chosen, which doesn't give us the the richness or fullness of the original meaning. Um, There were various councils over time Council of Constantinople, for example, where uh, religious officials voted on mm-hmm. which passages to leave in, which books to include, and so on. So a person who looks at the history and the facts has to acknowledge that things have been changed, and so we can't take it absolutely um, full, in the, the full picture. We have to look at it. We have to read in between the lines. We have to look at what has been changed. And there again, power institutions, they know it's a way to control people, it's a way to make a lot of money. So certain things have been added over time. Uh, All right, but I know for a fact Catholicism does not believe in reincarnation. Neither does Christianity. Actually, first of all, there are um, several Christian denominations that are open to that possibility and do believe in it. For example, United Church of Christ, um, now, the United the Church of Christ is not the same as the United Church. It's a, it's a totally different, uh, it's a totally different uh, church. It's, it's one of these newer churches that have been established. Now, UCC is a branch of, um, oh gosh, Reformed, Baptist, and it's, right. it's been around since the 1800s. Uh, also, Unity Church of Christianity. So there are certainly denominations, but there is good research. Uh, Brian Weiss, you mentioned him, and the... Um, talks about this quite a bit in his books that the it's a fact that in the the Bible and the biblical times reincarnation was a commonly held tenet 
Where where where, 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 where does it say that in the Bible, sir? I've read the Bible many times, and I can't remember coming across a passage that would support reincarnation, except the second coming of Christ. Well, for example, look at the situation where the apostles asked Jesus, uh, was, Master, was this man blind because of um, something he did in the past? Mm-hmm. And why would they ask that question? Well, it could have been something he did before he was blind. We don't know if that person was blind from birth or blind after a period of time. Okay. There are others. uh, For example, Jesus said, who do people say I am? And some say Elijah the prophet. Mm -hmm. Some say John the Baptist, who had already been killed. And again, reflective of why would these people say he is, these people have been died unless there is some understanding that souls can uh, come back in different times and places, which is what reincarnation is All about. right, you and I have to take our final break. Please stand by. Dr. Mark Pitstick is our guest. His website is www.soulproof.com. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as the Exxon continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Back to the wind. There's a world outside the darkened door where blues won't haunt you Doesn't mean much Exonation. Dr. Mark Pitstick is our special guest. His website is www.soulproof.com. So, Dr. Mark, can we actually look at death as a metamorphosis, the same way that a caterpillar turns into a butterfly, the same way that a toad turns into a frog? It's a great uh, metaphor, yes. It's certainly a transition to another mm-hmm. stage of life, and that's what this evidence points to. Nothing to be afraid of, just another phase of life, not an end, certainly. All right, so I, with, with the information that people have, people have relayed back to, to the living from those who have passed on or, uh, and are on the other side, what is the general message is it that you've got nothing to fear i'm all right uh i'll see you when you get over here or is it or is it possible that we as humans have created this entire phenomenon for our own need and that there is in fact no connection with the other side that it is we humans who are making that connection that are using the other the other 90% of the brain that we have no idea what it's being used for? It's a fair question. But again, the evidence points to the, there's lots and lots of proof. And that's why, you know, without a person reading the book mm-hmm. or watching the documentary, it's hard to have this discussion. 
because it does run so counter to what things but if the But if the facts are there, sir, I, I don't think that's a very fair thing to say to the listening audience. If you haven't seen the documentary or, you, or if you haven't bought the book, then you, it's hard to talk about. Because the evidence, sir, should speak for itself. It doesn't matter whether a person reads the book. It doesn't matter if they see the documentary. It should depend on the evidence that is presented, whether it is in book, film, on the telephone, in person, at a lecture or a seminar. So, you know, how can we say that, in all fairness? Well, first of all, because in a hour interview, it's impossible to get across all the breadth and depth of evidence out there. Uh, I've mentioned a number that mm -hmm. definitely stands by itself. For example, the tens of thousands of documented cases of people who've had near-death experiences, documented, by the way, by university professors like Ken Ray, University of Connecticut, Raymond Moody, and the cardiologists who are around this and doing the studies. So that one in, in itself shows that death is not an end to consciousness. Dr. Mark Pitskin, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. It's been uh, great talking to you. And Exonation, if you'd like more information, go to www.soulproof.com. That's www.soulproof.com. And you know what? He didn't make his case. You don't have to. If somebody is legitimate, you don't need to buy their book. You do not need to watch their video because they're going to they're gonna charge you one way or the other. So uh, I'm sorry. On a scale from 1 to 10, on the Exo Nation where 10 is the highest, 1 is the lowest, I'll give this one a 2. My name is Rob McConnell. I'll be back on the other side of the news as the Exxon continues. We're right here live and around the world from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, in the Exxon. Don't go away. We'll be back at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour. I